It's time to come along on a journey for an all-new movie mastery. I am your host, John, and over there is the other host, Jeff. Hi! Together, we watch the movies that you've recommended, and we are coming back with a real blast from the past for today. Because the inspiration for so many Halloween costumes. Yeah, I mean, this was like the original... Uh, like joker costume where for a while after nolan's joker came out everyone was nolan's joker oh that's right yeah and this was the same thing it's the crow yeah. as soon as the crow came out you were like oh my god i have a i'm a skinny guy and i can just have like a black shirt and black pants and put some like white face makeup on mm -hmm. oh my god i have the easiest thing ever let me ask you a question john do you still have a crow costume friend oh man no i do i have one left one diehard crow costume friend he wears a crow costume every halloween and wow. also any other excuse he can come up with to wear his crow costume i have i still have a crow friend i mean if i looked even remotely like brendan lee i would dress up like the crow he looks like captain adama <laughs> in the in crow makeup i would love to watch adama <laughs> in crow makeup that's yeah, that's a he, thing I would love he to really, see. He looks like Edward James Olmos with crow hair most of the time. And then every once in a while, he looks like Edward James Olmos as the crow. <laughs> well, that's excellent. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we watched The Crow, the original one from 1994 with Brandon Lee. Mm -hmm. His last movie. Yeah, and also this is our second uh, Brandon Lee movie that we're watching because yeah. we also did Laser Mission. Yeah, man. Also, no lasers in this movie. What do we have to do to get put Brandon Lee in the same area as a laser? I don't know. Well, I guess now we need a shovel. Oh, Ooh. that was mean. Oh, too don't you do that. It's too soon. I meant a shovel it so we could... It has been 25 years, but I, it is too soon. I meant so we could dig out my background laser. <laughs> my background laser. My, my backyard laser. I keep a laser in my backyard. I, I, ba I buried a laser <laughs> like a laser dog. Uh-huh. Yeah. For safety. Yeah. That's what I meant. I don't know where you're going with this. No one knows. No one knows. Uh, so yeah, uh, we are going to talk a little bit before we get into the full spoiler. Let me tell you, I think I watched this close to when it came out, and man, when we sat down to watch it again, the only two things I could remember about this movie mm -hmm. were the big fight scene he has with uh, a bunch of thugs all the and, bad guys. Yeah, because that's the scene where like the actor dies, so. Well, no, it's mostly because that scene is like the most action in the film oh fair enough okay like it's stuck in my brain as something i remembered yeah and then also the fight at the church right yeah i i this is one of those movies i don't remember when this came out so i'm gonna 94 oh for christ's sake i was like 14 this would have been aimed right at me and i still didn't like it very much this is definitely an example of a movie where i listened to the soundtrack more than i ever actually watched the film i mean that's fair it's got a rad Nine Inch Nails track on there. Oh, it does. There's a there's a lot of goth schlock though. Oh, I, I mean that's the kind of thing where I was just too young for it. Mm -hmm. Like when the Crow came out, I had not hit that point yet where I was like, yeah, uh, things suck. I was just kind of like, I'm ten and I don't realize what depression is yet. <laughs> Oh boy, another marshmallow. Yay! The world is great. Nothing's ever going to go wrong. <laughs> oh, a boy pushed me. It's okay. I'll go to my room. 
Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, hormones happened and the, my brain chemicals shut off. Sure, yeah. I don't know. I saw this when I was 14. I was real busy being... Uh, 14? 14. I was really angry about stuff. Well, yeah, you were 14. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's... It's this, amazing that it didn't really hit home with you. Oh, resonate? Yeah. An, an angry person came back from the dead and was like, I'm angry. He's just so lame. I've, I, I, I don't know. Maybe this is like an Emperor's New Clothes thing for me, but... Ever since I was a kid, all the all the crow lines. Every time he gets a big laugh line or or uh, like drops a line in the movie, they're always so lame. Yeah, I mean, this did not have the greatest of writing for that, but it's so influential. It is, yeah. I, like you can definitely see a lot of this in things like The Matrix later on, mm-hmm. and. The whole like idea of the dark hero, this really oh, yeah, resonated no. a lot with that. I mean, to be fair, I think he is predated by the titular dark hero himself, Dark Man. Dark Man. Yeah. Which is not a dark hero, really, as much as he is just a weirdo. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this guy isn't much of a dark hero either. He's he's revenging. That's he's, a dark hero. He's killing people. That's dark. Yeah, but that's not hero. He's, yeah, a, he's an anti-hero. That's a dark hero. At best, he's an anti-hero. <laughs> he's just up. To, he's just alive to kill four people. He's uh, anyway. I'm sorry. I, we're getting into spoiler territory here for this ancient movie. Uh, I, I don't know. I I, I still it's, it's would important. say it's it almost holds up. Yeah, like it's sure. not going to be the same as when you were 14 if you liked this movie and you come back to it because now you're not just like a sad little goth that's angry at the world you're probably a sad big goth that's angry at the world there's maybe what three good superhero movies in the 90s and i guess this is probably one of those three. Oh yeah when you start looking at things like well you got to compare the crow against like steel yeah uh, well there's all the batman movies other than batman 89 so depending how, on how you feel about returns which came out in like 91 or 92 yeah and um, you can kind of see a little bit of that burton influence on mostly the The cityscape shots yeah yeah and i would say that this one is also a big influence on blade that's Uh, true yeah i mean letting us know that you can have a villain a movie where your villain is just some guy and he has like a group a a group of thugs and and it was oh yeah it's just what is this oh my villain is a real dirtbag yeah so so anyway, it's an influential movie. It's an important movie. It set up a lot of sequels you shouldn't bother with. Uh, I've never seen one of the sequels. Uh, yeah. I've I se- don't I, want to. I've seen one. That's weird. So No, I, I had a really gothy friend growing up. So Oh, well. I everyone had a real gothy friend growing up. Yeah. And if you didn't, you were the one. Yeah. No, you say if there's two people on a bus, one of them is the crazy one. <laughs> yeah. Watch out. That bus driver better be crazy or else it's you. Uh, yeah, but you had a goth friend growing up, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like I had one, goth friends growing up. Yeah, multiple up. goth friends. Yeah, they were great. I loved them. Yeah, goths are good people. Yeah. I'm a huge goth fan. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I like, would never get into it. Yeah. The, the, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I'm not a goth. Number one is that it doesn't matter how much black you put on me. I still just look like a jolly fat dude. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't matter if you put me in all black. I just look ridiculous at that point. <laughs> yeah. You do. You kind of you start looking like that guy from the butterfly effect. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Exact, right? Yeah. yeah. It just it just doesn't work. I would have to be way surlier to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and neither of us can do goth, but we're both we we're both got pro goth. Yeah. We are we are goth allies. But what that meant was that when I was a kid I got a lot of exposure to goth media. 
like clan of Zymox music and and uh, Susie and the Banshees and what have you, uh, and it, none of it ever resonated with me, even even a little bit. Oh. I was always like, oh, this is so cute that they're kind of scream singing and. See, whereas yeah. my goth friends introduced me to industrial, and I was like, oh, oh sure. I actually do like this. Yeah, anytime they would, they would be like, hey, let's just listen to this typo negative or this gravity kills, they'd be like, sweet, all right, I'm on board. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, pro-goth. Also, huge fan of boob shelves. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I'm go- a huge fan of black lipstick, honestly. Yeah. So, the the only thing that keeps us from being 100% pro-goth, and this being a goth podcast, or a goth cast, if you will, yeah. is that both of us are too smiley and dumpy to really pull off the look we just can't do it yeah if you imagine say for example john candy in full goth rig <laughs> i loved john candy in full goth rig that was a great movie if you imagine full can- john candy full, in a full candy and full, goth gin full, full candy and gin goth rig if- <laughs> uh john goth in the full candy <laughs> once you're done masturbating you've basically picked, put together what we would look like as goths Okay, we're going to take a little break. There's going to be a little bit of music. We're going to come back with the full, unedited, spoilerific review of us reviewing a movie, and it's called The Crow. Oh, yeah. If you could just imagine David Lee Goth rigging a candy john. A candy john? Yeah, it's a... Does that, like, comma and you're addressing me? Imagine... (laughs) David Lee Goth. David Lee Goth. Yeah. Rigging a a candy john. (laughs) No, it's a candy john is a toilet made of candy. Oh, I thought it was a (laughs) candy... purveyor of prostitutes? No, no, no. It's it's a toilet made of candy, so you can actually have a for reals push pop. (laughs) It's a juicy jewel of flavor. (laughs) Well, that's a ring pop, but sure. Well, yeah, I'm going into my ring. I mean, obviously. Well, I mean, talking about goths, they all had them fucking candy rings on. Also, I really like... If you were a raver goth. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you're one of those raver goths with, like, your candy necklaces and your... Your jinkos. 15... I mean, were were those goths... I think they're... Cyber goth is the point that we're talking about. That's the intersection of raver and goth culture. I believe once rave culture kind of receded is when you got cyber goth. Yeah, because the wave had to pull back. Because at first... Because I was a raver. That was a culture I could do. Yeah. Uh, Because you loved drugs and being sweaty. Uh, I, yeah, I pretty I much. I mean, you were going to be sweaty anyway, so you may much, as well. well. No, I mean, it was a sweaty kid, yeah, but it was mostly water for me at the time because I was a big pansy, but I really loved the music. So I would go to those events and I'd just dance. I, w- I wasn't the kid who had like 15 pacifiers on, <laughs> uh, but I would go, but I was part of that culture uh, for a while. Um, and there weren't goths there at first. And eventually the cyber goth movement came along. And then, you know, I was like, oh, what if ravers also had, you know, uh, more black in the ensemble and gas masks? Oh, yeah. It's basically just take a rave outfit and now make everything either black or neon. Change one of the colors to black. So it's red and black stripes instead of red and green stripes. Yeah. Yeah. But you'll have like a neon green mesh or something. Put in a there. bunch of plastic sticks in your hair for some reason and you're done. You're a, you're a cyber goth. There you are. I don't know. Get why yourself talking. a gas mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the gas mask. Oh, I was, you have to. That was close. How else are you going to look creepy in pictures that are all like fisheye lensed? Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry so about all crow. that. The, the crow. The crow starts in media res. Mm-hmm. Because it is a media property. Yes. Yes. It yeah. starts right in the middle of media. Yeah. <laughs> So it starts with a smash cut. 
Smash! Yeah. It starts with a smash mouth. It's weird that they were showing up in 94 on here. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, it does start kind of dramatic, doesn't it? It's yeah, a bunch we of... get a quick zoom over the city with uh, a child narrating about like sometimes love and it's eternal and things and whatnot. It's very bad. The city, however, is a very pretty miniature. Like you can tell, it's a, it's done with a with a camera being pushed over a miniature city with CGI fires added, uh, and the CGI fires look very much like someone just like click and placed fire onto buildings. Yeah, they look like they're made out of Photoshop fried chicken. But that but the uh, the city itself is a gorgeous miniature. Oh yeah, it's very good looking, and honestly, the camera work they do here when they you know go across the city while the narration is happening, and as they get to the apartment it sort of transitions into the actual set mm-hmm. and it's a very good seamless transition oh yeah it's pretty it's well done this movie was competently made yeah i uh, mean you know except for like the onstage de- uh, onset deaths and so on well but yeah competently made beyond that it's at least as competently made as the twilight zone movie <laughs> ouch ah <laughs> actually three times as competently made <laughs> and more grown up <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I've gotten it all out of my system now. No more dead actor jokes. Thanks. Okay. So here we see a dead Brandon Lee. Oh, come on now. I mean, yes, technically that is. Yes, that is he what is, we he see. Is, he is acting a dead body. Uh, yeah, he has fallen out of it. I mean, fallen. Everyone's, everyone's seen this movie. He has fallen. Do you get it? Out of a six story window. Yeah. So it's a big crime scene. There's a bunch of police there. We see Ernie Hudson as yeah. our investigator. Yeah, uh, Sergeant Albrecht. Yeah, and uh, we have the uh, the thirteen year old, thirteen year old. I can't remember her name. Sarah. Le- uh, I thought it was an L name. No, nah, man, we Lillier. got Shelley and. That that was Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Oh, okay, it's Shelly and Sarah. Those Stu- are so Stussy. Yeah, so Sarah is a young girl that hangs out with Shelly and Eric, the two people who got assaulted up here. Yes. Uh, Eric is dead on the ground because he got thrown out the window, mm-hmm. and Shelly is clinging to life as they take her away in an ambulance. Yes, uh, and and Ernie Hudson, as he loads her and helps load her into the ambulance, is like, "Hey, you're going to be fine," and also your your boyfriend or whatever is just fine too. Yeah, everything's fine. Don't yeah. you worry. And then the girl's like, you're lying to them. Why did you lie to her? And he's like, well, I had to. And he's like, well, now you're, li-. she's like, now you're lying to me. <laughs> you told me that she would be fine. That's a lie. And it was. Indeed it was. They both die. We then cut to a year later. One year. Oh, also, there's a lot of flashbacks of what was happening, I guess. Oh, oh we no, get wait. that during. No, that, that's right. During during the resurrection, we get those instead. But in the beginning, we just get the detective character, another kind of semi bad guy in the film popping up and being like, huh, looks like they were going to get married tomorrow. What kind of person gets married on a Halloween? Huh? Eh? <laughs> no one and i was like damn that's that's cold if you're a cop that's ice cold yeah like these people are dying there's someone still alive that would be the bride you're like no one gets married on halloween you get it because they're dead now huh oh you're not dead yet hey your boyfriend is though yeah also the opening narration had some shit about how today's october 30th also known as devil's night yeah the big for some reason thing in this city which 
They never specifically say, but we think is Detroit. We're pre- well, at one point, uh, Fun Boy calls his assembled army of gang b- people Motor City Maniacs. Well, that's not Fun Boy. That's uh, T-Bird. T- T-Bird. T-Bird. T-Bird calls his, his collection of dudes mo- Motor City Maniacs. So that probably means they're in Detroit. I mean, they could have come to wherever this is from Detroit. But, you know, when we see the city, most of it is on fire. So it may as well be Detroit. It's probably Detroit. But their whole scheme that somehow makes the money is like, all right, every Devil's Night, we go out and set like 200 fires, and then step two is question mark, and step three is profit. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. Uh, but we, we see they're sitting around a table, and th- this group of gang idiots are sitting around a table. And, oh, no, first thing, the first thing they do is in the table scene, it's them busting up an arcade. Yeah, for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, they, they were instructed to do so by the villain of the film because they report back that it has, in fact, been done. And what th- this is uh, intercut. The scene of them busting up old arcade cabinets and what have you uh, is intercut with uh, the grave of uh, Eric Draven. <laughs> do uh, you o- get it? <laughs> it's <laughs> it would only be better if his name was Eric DeCrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> Eric, the main character, a crow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hey, French. Hi, I'm Eric DeCorvid. <laughs> yeah, so Eric Draven, uh, his his crow-winged cherub, uh, like, headstone, not with... He, he crawls his way up out of, out of the grave and is like, Ah, I'm alive! What? Oh, uh, no! Uh, and yeah. then kind of stumbles muscly and shirtless towards his old apartment. Yeah, there's... Uh, the nor- narration bit has a thing about, like, a folk tale of crows taking the souls to the underworld, and sometimes the crow, crow takes the soul back? Uh, it's in the comic upon which this is based. It's a Native American myth thing. Okay. Because um, my goth friends who were all into the crow were also all into the crow comic books, and well, so I've yeah. at least seen the first several dozen of, or four, like, four of those stories. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so... Anyway, yeah, he's he's kind of making his way back to the apartment while these four kind of gang dudes are sort of pulling guns on each other for fun. Yeah, the scene of our four sort of main targets for Eric is weird because they've apparently been working together for a long time. At least a year. At least a year, but it seems like they've been together for a while. Like, this is a crew that is established. Yes, and you have Tintin, the Life only one. other black guy aside from Ernie Hudson in this movie. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, wait. No, Tony th- Todd's in this. I was going to say, Tony Todd. Is that, that, isn't that Tony Todd who is Tintin? No. Tony no. Todd is the second in command. Oh, okay. I thought I recognized that creepy kind of... No, that's uh, Lawrence Mason is Tintin. Oh, huh. Weird. Got that backwards. Anyway, yeah, uh, I was going to say, but at least at least there was also that second in command guy. Yeah. Uh, so, so this guy, Tintin, is... He's the knife guy. He's the knife guy. Uh, and then we've also got the leader, uh, who I don't think... T-Bird was, is that, the leader. Doesn't He's, seem like he was played by anybody in particular. Doesn't, I mean, he doesn't have any particular, like, thing to him. Because yeah. at least Tintin was like, I'm the knife guy, and uh, fucking... Uh, fun boy fun is... Fun boy is the drugs guy. Yeah, he's super meth-heady. And then there's the the other one. Uh, skank. Oh, Skank is even druggier. He's and, the... He's the druggiest guy. Yes, Skank is basically the uh, guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, and T-Bird is called that because he dies in a car. Do you get it? Well, he's called T-Bird because he owns a T-Bird, which but he, then he dies, which he in, dies in. Yeah, well, it's David Patrick Kelly. Oh, wait, he's wait, been in stuff. Is he the is he the bad guy from the Warriors? From the Warriors? Yeah, the the show the war uh, the movie you know, the Warriors. The show the Warriors. No, the movie the Warriors. Yes, you know, he is. He is the bottle guy, right? Yeah, he's Luther from the Warriors. Okay, all right. So I, I'm not wrong. Yeah, no, you're the whole not movie. Wrong. I was like, is that the bottle guy from the Warriors? Is that the bottle guy? Yeah. So cool. I thought the whole he time I was never like, asks Eric if he wants to come out and play. Yeah. When I was watching him, I was like, oh, is that the bottle guy from the Warriors? And I was like, no, wait. You just think every dirtbag in a movie about <laughs> dirtbags is the bottle guy from the Warriors. Uh. So, yeah, they all have one thing, I guess. T-Bird is that he has a car. Yeah. If you're curious, John, in the second movie, there's also four guys who need to die. Good. Uh, and one of them is Iggy Pop. <laughs> Not playing anything. Just Iggy Pop. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they get into some dumbass argument because they're shooting bullets. You get it? Because they, they take a bullet and put it in their mouth and then they shoot a shot. Mm -hmm. So they're shooting bullets. You get it? They're yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I'm not sure if they're actually drinking the bullets. or. Yeah, if that's supposed to be the thing they're doing. Yeah, okay. So they're doing that. They're just being weird. And then at one point, one of them gets mad and or they all like, pull guns and knives yeah, on each Tintin other. Yeah, Tintin stops like Fun Boy from shooting his because he says that only only pussies, pussies drink, last. drink last yeah I think and then they all pull guns on each other or knives if you're tin tin <laughs> i mean that's kind of a tough the, the pussies drink last is kind of a tough call to because at, at that point you're just like all right well i guess the two of us are going to sit here with these drinks or try to drink them super fast it's not gonna make the table very fun no man he stopped him from drinking and drank his yeah oh that's very right. like you're the only one left to drink ha <laughs> ha i win so anyway they have a shootout and they are mollified briefly by another well, they don't have a shootout well they don't they have a mexican standoff, standoff that ends uh because because of uh t-bird uh and then a woman comes walking over who's going to turn out to be another character and she's like the waitress at the bar they're all at yeah and turns she's like, out she's going to be the mother of sarah yeah the young girl that we saw a year ago yeah so there you go this a year ago this very day this very day okay at this point eric manages to get back to his apartment and he's having flashbacks the whole time mm -hmm. it's all just we get what happened in the apartment, which is an assault and rape and murder. Yeah, and it's very confusing. It's very clear that they they raped his 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 fiance, but also just sort of wandered around the house and made fun of their stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was su apparently supposed to be just a like go in there and bust stuff up and scare mm -hmm. and her then because she had had a petition like trying to stop them getting evicted. I yeah, guess. they were going to evict her from the building, which is weird because then they succeed more or less by murdering them, and the building is exactly the same as it was a year ago. They did not do anything after getting them evicted. Well... Maybe it takes a long time. They were going to get rid of everyone in that building. Oh, and now they can't because it's a crime scene. Well, I think oh, they did. The, the they plan. managed to get rid of everyone. Well, then how come they haven't redeveloped the building or whatever the fuck the plan was I, then? I don't know... The villain doesn't have plans. Yeah, it's true. Like, the villain is just like, oh, yeah, every Devil's Night I set a ton of fires, and that makes money. Yeah. And you're like, how? What are you, what are you doing? Oh, I had this whole thing where I needed to evict this entire building full of people. The important Why? thing is that eyes are magical or something. I don't know. I'm very confusing. Yeah, the villain in this does not have any clear plans for what he wants to do. Yeah, he's got a biling and a bowl full of eyeballs and a haircut that is uh, really something. <laughs> But, you know, 
when the crow shows back up at the apartment, it's still got the like crime scene tape over it. Yeah, the crime scene later. tape is still there. The window's still broken so that there's still water getting in from the rain. His cat's still in there and is perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. His cat, Gabriel. Uh, do you, do get, you it? get it? Do you get it, though? <laughs> I must remind you again that he fell out of a six-story window and became fallen. Do you get it? <laughs> also, there's going to be several scenes in this movie where he intentionally falls it, off stuff well also in when he falls or is being shot at he will do the christ pose yes yeah he does the christ pose all the time do you get it yeah he tells a jesus joke in the movie yeah it's uh it's heavy-handed is what we're trying to say the crow is yeah it's uh, a little much on the imagery it's a little less heavy on the imagery than say uh man of steel so this is basically the moment where he remembers how much his wife liked lying in bed and being teased with stupid things and also uh, accidentally setting stuff in the kitchen on fire. Uh, it's basically soft focus dead girlfriend footage, which yeah. is so common. There's the- I'm surprised there wasn't an under the cover shot where you could see her going, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, as the light streamed in through the covers. Oh, no, that's that's a slightly more recent thing for the dead oh, yeah? girlfriend shots. Okay, that's fair. It did, however, have him... Like, taking her up to a loft where there were the, like, 200 candles lit, mm-hmm. which I always love imagining the prep for that, where you're just like, and one, and two. Yep. Okay, good. This one here. Oh, oh that one fell over. That one oh, went oh, out. Oh, hey. Oh, well, okay, okay, okay. Hang on. Four? Yeah. Okay. And you're just sitting there for, like, three hours lighting candles. And how much are pillar candles again? $17. Jesus the fucks. <laughs> uh, I spent $9,000 on this particular boning. Yeah. And I can't use those candles again for the boning the same lady. They'll she'll be like, "Well, I remember this candle arrangement." And they'll be like, "But I put them around the tub this time." Ooh, but this time mm. it's all in the bathroom instead of the bedroom. Yeah. Also, and, her bathroom is huge. And I scattered rose petals to it. Uh. Yeah, okay, you're trying too hard. You know you can just put it in me, right? <laughs> it's it's just it, it, we've been together like two years. It's okay. We're we're gonna get no, married. but we have a fairy tale romance where sometimes you're lying on a bed laughing, and I show up with a extremely cheap mask and go a boo with it on <laughs> a boo like, well, because they show that shot of him having like that that the drama the mask. drama mask, which is oh foreshadowing because then his face will pick up that makeup. Yep. Anyway, yeah, we get a whole bunch of that, and, and then, then he, it's very traumatic for him because he remembers the entire assault going Traumatic down. enough that what he does is grab the window thing where he fell out the window and do a trapeze move and then slide back in. Hell yeah, So that does. we can see that his wounds can heal instantly. Yeah. And good. Okay. He decides that now that he's got supernatural powers and a crow familiar that... It's time to dress up like a mime and kill the people that fucked him up. I'm not sure if he's wearing makeup or if that's magic in this movie. Oh, no, it's makeup. They show him putting it on. Oh, okay, so it's always makeup. All yes. right. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, he, he puts on his mime outfit in his black crow costume. Yep. He just has a crow costume. He's just got a crow costume in the closet. When he shows he was up. like, man, that was real convenient. I was going to dress up for the crow last Halloween. <laughs> He keeps showing up to the villains and they're like, oh, God damn it, a crow costume. Uh, you're like the 50th one I've seen tonight. Come on. It's like it's 1994. <laughs> it is 1994. I am the crow. Huh. Oh, okay. Weird. All of them are dressed up as characters from Independence Day. <laughs> what are you, the crow? Remember me? <laughs> uh, so the first target 
On his hit list is Tintin. So Tintin is confusing. Uh, Tintin is is selling some pawned items from a night of thievery to a dirty pawn dealer named uh, John, or not, who is played by <laughs> named, named John, John Polito. Weirdly played by John Polito. No, no, he, his I, name is Gideon. His name is Gideon. Do you get it? Do you, but do you get it though? <laughs> uh, played by John Polito, uh, and Tintin's like, yeah, I got this ring worth twenty four. And he's like, ah, it's worth 18 if it's worth a nickel. Uh, what is this, a blood stain on here? Uh, I'll give you 50 bucks for the lot. Yeah, uh, so he gives him 50 bucks. Uh, and then the du- Tintin leaves and tr- uh, seems to try to claim that being underpaid is a racist thing. I guess. For his stolen stuff, because when Polito's like, yeah, get out of here. Close the gate on your way out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll close the gate real good for you, Massa. And you're like, what, where did that come from? Weird. That's okay. okay. I guess sure. maybe maybe Gideon's been racist to him in the past or something. It's possible. Yeah. But uh, he goes walking around, and he we know he's it. a knife guy because he is constantly just twirling knives for no reason. He's in a trash can fire. Yeah. Is, is he homeless? I don't understand most anything about how this gang works at all no it makes zero sense yeah so he but because he's by himself and he just by himself goes starts a trash can fire and huddles around a trash can fire for warmth and i'm like if you've been to, been working for uh what's his name showtime or uh money b- something m- money dollar top dollar top That's dollar it, top if you've been dollar. working for top dollar for more than a year and you're still homeless and you're like his private assassin or whatever, you need to talk about getting a raise. <laughs> Plus, it means that the crow shows up and just immediately murders a mentally ill homeless man. I mean, I think it's supposed to be like, oh, this guy's just a real dirtbag and he's fine running around the streets and he like lights a cigarette on a trash fire. And you're like, OK, great. Yeah, because the, the movie makes me think that this is a homeless dude because that's that's who ha- huddles around trash fires in Detroit. <laughs> And the mayor. And the mayor. It's, it's, and he's not the mayor, because the mayor's not named Tintin. <laughs> no. John Mayer, though, does huddle John, around a trash John, fire. Yeah, that John Mayer. That's what he's famous for. Yeah, huddling uh, around trash fires. Weirdly, it's that and dating a lot of really famous women. <laughs> uh, so the the crow manages to find Tintin using crow vision. Uh-huh. Because his crow can see it. He can see through his crow's eyes. Yeah. And uh, that's... <laughs> That's going to come in handy. So he starts walking up to Tintin, and Tintin responds with a flurry of uh, what I have to assume is made-for-TV movie dialogue. Like, I know this came out in theaters, but everyone's always calling each other stuff like Dusthead and Steamface and stuff like that. It's it's very weird. The insults are are very weird. I know it's supposed to be trying to kind of be noir evocative of like, Hey there, Buster. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. so. They're like, oh yeah, they're real ear slappers. Yeah. Ah, their pants are pulled up way too low. Pulled up way too low. I'm a 1950s tough talking guy. My pants are pulled up to one inch below my nipples per regulation. Oh, that way you can't see my gut. <laughs> so Tintin makes a bunch of threats. Yeah, get out of here, crackhead, dusthead, clown mime. What are you looking for? Yeah. You're looking for drugs? Well, too bad. You're going to get a knife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to get killed with a knife. And then he kicks the trash fire at him, and they have a fun little fight. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the thing about this movie is the crow, as long as his crow is alive, he's invincible. So well, none of these fights have, I mean, they're, they're neat to watch, but it's kind of like watching a Spectre movie in that, the, you know, you can't hurt the guy. 
Well, yeah. You can hurt him, but you can't kill him. No, you're just here for the sort of thrill of revenge. Yeah, it's atmosphere and revenge thrills. So the fight, if it goes on too long, you're like, come on already. You're just, you're just goofing around at this point. And that's one of the things, though, is at least having Brandon Lee be the character. You're like, oh, you can do stuff. Like, you're at least interesting to watch when you're fight. It is kind of weird that this character... Because we established Eric Draven, do you get it, uh, is the a, uh, the lead singer and guitarist for a band called the Hangman's Noose. Uh, Hangman's Joke. Hangman's Joke. The Hangman's Joke. Uh, and not, for example, a martial artist who can do, like, flippies and stuff. Uh, but the crow is that, that, those things. Oh, hell yeah. He yeah. gets supernatural crow powers, which include backflips. Yeah, backflips and kip-ups and all those kind of fun stuff, things. Uh, so, anyway, he, he gets in a fight with this dude who throws knives. He's like, yes, now you're going to meet my knives. My two friends, they never miss. Yeah. And proceeds to miss with them. Their names are Knifey and Mr. Never Misses. <laughs> Mr. Knife Guy and uh, Mrs. Knife Guy, they're very happily married. Thank you very much. So he throws the knives at the crow who just catches them or dodges them. and Yeah, he ends up killing Tintin. And who's like, I think his first big stupid line is, victims, huh? I guess we're all victims. And then, Which is weird, because Tintin didn't say anything about victims? No, well, he was saying, you're about to get, you're about to be a murderer. Like, you're about to become intimately familiar with the concept of murder. I like murder. Murder's fun. Uh, yeah, but when you, you're like, huh, victims, I guess we're all victims. You're like, no one mentioned victims. Why are you saying victims, huh? I don't know. It's his first time, John. Got the guy a little slack. He's not been crowing long. Look, he's he's been dead for a year. When yeah. he comebacks are still slow on the docket. Yeah, he's got a lot of stuff he could have said at the time. I'm sure he's been spending the whole time in the grave going, God, when that one guy was reading, like, poetry to us and making fun of the poetry i could have said such cool things oh. uh, uh, anyway that leads him to gideon's because he manages to torture the location of where his engagement ring got pawned to mm-hmm. and it has not sold in the year since gideon has had it apparently no no probably because it was i mean i mean these are two people living in the poorest part of detroit on a uh, a local band salary so yeah but like amazing who's gonna buy all of these things then in a pawn shop if no one's going to actually come in and take them. I mean, to be cl- to be fair, John Polito is keeping the rings hidden. He literally has them in a lockbox under the table. He's not, like, putting them out on a display or I anything. Know. Why would you get all of these rings and then be like, yeah, I don't want anyone to buy these? He just likes rings, man. He just collects rings. He likes rings, man. He likes rings, and he collects them so if anyone ever punches them, the rings will just come off him instead. Exactly. He'll, he'll be, be able to survive. Yeah, he'll, and then probably grab some of the rings before they flash and disappear. <laughs> So the crow... Gotta go fast. <laughs> the crow... Shit on me. <laughs> Too early. <laughs> I just wanted to be the first to say it. The crow shows up at Gideon's and beats the shit out of him and asks for the ring back. And the most notable thing here is that the signature line for Gideon is shit on me. So he tries to shoot the crow. Uh, he's like, hey, look over there, and then he shoots him through the hand, and he's like, ah, ha, ha, you're gonna have to be fitted for a coroner's jacket or whatever, and he shoots him through the hand, and then the crow holds up his hand and it heals, and he says some pithy response thing. But yeah, I, the whole time, anytime the crow comes at him, he's just like, oh, shit on me! Yeah. Uh, shit on well, me! Well, first he's like, I gotcha! Shit! Oh, wait, he's coming back up now. Shit on me! Shit on me! Shit on me! And you're like, wow, is it, I guess I guess that's just like his last request. I mean, he knows what he wants. Yeah, the dude is not afraid to ask for what he wants. 
I'll give uh, him that. The crow burns down Gideon's and sends him off to tell the bad guys that he's a coming and hell's coming with him. Oh, and he takes a bunch of rings and loads them into his shotgun and takes his old guitar back. Yeah. Well, the, the rings into the shotgun is what he then fires into the place to set it ablaze. Yeah, I know. I just thought it was kind of a cute moment. Yeah. And then he also has his old guitar again. Great. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, then I think our next... We didn't do the part where the do- the Sarah and the police officer are eating hot dogs. I don't care. Okay. We're Let's... like 40 minutes in. I don't give a shit. Fine. <laughs> I guess we can just keep going through the murders. We should probably mention the villain, the big villain at some point. Like This is around the point where they start getting reports to the big villain that bad things are happening. Yeah. Top Dollar, a.k.a. Michael Wincott. A.k.a. the uh, pilot, I think, from, uh, from Alien Resurrection. I don't know. He's... Always a gravelly dirt bag, mm-hmm. and in this one, he's got kind of a big fake Texas accent. This is—it's just—I don't know what's going on with yeah. him, honestly. But uh, whatever. Yeah, he's a weird dude. There's a lot going on with this character. I mean, when t- we see him, the first time we see him, fucking Bai Ling is taking a shower, mm-hmm. and he's out there next to some woman and then it turns out that the woman is dead and they're like oh we we broke her i guess we fucked her to death is pretty much what they're they're trying that's to- implying and then l- later when gideon shows up we find out that that's his sister yeah that he claims that that she's his sister and that he's like what don't you see the family resemblance ha 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 which i think is i mean he said his father's daughter so maybe half sister yeah but they're very clearly fucking oh and, very and, clearly and also fucking random women to death i guess it's just a I, i'm not sure what's going on byling's character in this is too many things. just as confused just, as the rest of this game it's just too much stuff going on because byling's like "Ooh, i'm a sexy murder lady and i love to cut out eyeballs i'm well, obsessed with eyeballs i mean let's let's be very frank about what she is in this movie she's a mystic sex asian yes uh, it's very true she is the mystic oriental lady who knows about the arts of uh, mysticism, and her, she's obsessed with eyeballs because they're magic. Her character is a mess. She's like, oh, I, I'm going to carve the eyes out of this lady so we can use them to cast evil oriental spells I know. Also, I, I'm going to say some inscrutable stuff, so I hope you'll... I, also, uh, Brandon Lee is the only other person in this movie that's Asian at all. Well, yeah, man. We uh, we're only allowed two non-white people per thing. So you yeah. get two black people, you get two Asian people. Yeah. So it's kind of a. She's just a mess. I'm just going to be but, straight straightforward. I mean, when is Biling not when she's in a movie? Uh, I think that's what you cast her for. You're like, yo, I've got an Asian character that's just confused. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on with it. Can you just show up and? be asian that's all we needed yeah that's a crank two high voltage uh star wars attack of the clones i think she's in uh, there just being completely nuts yeah just, uh yeah the whole episode of lost always good for that so the uh <laughs> the main thing now is he's gonna go after fun boy mm-hmm. who is boning down with sarah's mom sarah tries to get her mom to do anything but like when she shows up at the gang hideout club mm-hmm. she's just like no here honey here's some money go get food i'm gonna bang with this guy and also get like i'm shoot gonna up. get real drug high and then yeah. have sex yeah and this is gonna kick off one of my favorite things about the crow who is this dark goth anti-hero character but also every time he does anything he does it with some saturday morning cartoon lessons oh yeah <laughs> 
So the two of them are up in a room boning down and shooting up what is apparently morphine. I guess. Uh, and then a crow shows up. Not the crow. A crow. The a familiar. Crow. And they're like, oh, it's a big bird, man. Ha, Come ha, here, ha. birdie. Oh, it's a squab. And then the actual crow shows up and they like shoot at him. And he's like, oh, you can't shoot me. I'm a ghost man. Uh, now I shot you in the leg or whatever. Mm-hmm. And while you're passed out from being shot in the leg, I'm going to teach this here woman a lesson. He goes, By grabbing hold of you, I can will the drugs out of your system? Yeah, and also he makes her look at herself in a mirror and says, God is the word, or no, mother is the word for God spoken on the lips of children and babies across the world. And, he, and she's like, what is what? that? Is that the Bible or something? What are we doing? What, what, are, you, what are you talking about here? What? Are you going to fucking kill me? Because don't judge me, dick face. <laughs> uh, and this, as would... I mean, anyone freaks her out. Yeah, it freaks her out quite a bit. And she runs off, and then Fun Boy gets murdered by overdose of drugs in heart. Yeah, it gives him too many drugs in his heart, and then he chokes on his own blood. Yeah. Uh, but Tony Mysteri- Todd finds him yeah. right before he dies, and is like, yeah, it was a fucking crow guy. Yeah, uh, the crow, dude wing- uh, crow winks at him and falls out the window. Yeah. Uh, and then does his thing where he disappears, because he can do that. He can just disappear and reappear wherever he wants. That's one of his mystic crow powers. Now... After this, we have a meeting of Gideon and Top Dollar, mm-hmm. which again reinforces that I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. No. Because apparently Gideon works for Top Dollar. Which is weird because he's just a pawn shop guy. I, I assume he pays a commission to Top Dollar. I, like he probably pays protection money or something. I don't know, because when he's like, oh, why did this place burn down? And he's like accusing him of burning the place down. Yeah, he thinks he, that Polito burned the, or the Gideon burned the place down for like insurance money or to get out of the business or something. But they never say insurance money. They're just like, ooh, did you burn it down? You're like, why? Well, yeah. Who, what? Why uh, would he do that? And then, I don't know, shoot himself in the hand or stab himself in the hand. Yeah. So anyway, for some reason, Gideon also isn't very forthcoming with useful information in this. I don't know why he's being cagey at the moment, but he's like, I don't know. A man came in and busted me up and he had a white mime face and I couldn't shoot him no more. Now, anyway, who's going to shit on me? Who do I who, who shits who on- among you shits on me? Someone's got to beat me up, stuff me in a black trash bag <laughs> and shit on me and then drop me off in front of my parents house or else they'll know I was out. UCB, baby. That's one of my favorite bits from that old show. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, the, yeah. They, they talk about him. They find out that the guy who killed Tintin and Fun Boy is also the person who did this. Mm-hmm. And his name is Eric Draven, and we killed him a year ago. And also, uh, he has And also, cro- I'm going to kill Gideon because yeah. of reasons. Yeah. He, well, he kills Gideon because he has a big sword in his hands, and he's a, he's one of that kind of villain who's just like. Oh, did I get all the information I need out of you? Sword. Okay, great. Hey. He stabs him through the throat, and then he's like, how come you're not already dead? Shoot, shoot. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you stabbed him in the throat two seconds ago. That's not an area where you instantly die. I mean, I get, I, I dig the performance of Top Dollar. He's a well-acted, where, cool-looking character, but his motivations are just what? Yeah, he is... He's high on smoked eyeball is the problem. He is all over the place. Yeah. I mean, he's a cool-looking character. Don't get me wrong. I don't know what he's supposed to... I can't figure it out at all. Uh, The next morning, Sarah's mother is making breakfast for her. It's almost too late, because Sarah's spent most of her young life living basically with a drugged-out mom and doesn't know how to react to this new nice mom. Now, 
<laughs> the whole thing is it's supposed to be like, oh yeah, she turned her life around because the crow like scared her. But she very definitely when this movie ends backslides and does not actually be a good mom like i know that we're supposed to think she's gonna be good but like the second her daughter goes like oh fuck you you've been a bad mom she's like ah fine fuck this i've never been good at mom stuff i'm dumping these eggs in the trash yeah you're like wow that took like three seconds you didn't even apologize for being terrible you're just like that well this didn't go exactly how I dreamed it would, so yeah. I'm out. Well, they have to work together to get things back to normal, because the daughter's been raised to be like, my mom's a useless druggie who keeps a house I can sleep yeah, in. and her mom is a useless druggie. One night of a dude in makeup scaring you doesn't stop that. This is scary for everybody, John. When, when she wakes up, or, or when the daughter wakes up, when Sarah wakes up and her mom's in there like, oh, how do you like your eggs? And she's like, what the fuck is happening? Darlo, are, are what you, are you doing? Is this a weird new drug that's making you like this? I am instantly skeptical. Also, I gotta say, Darlo really reminded me of a dar- dollar store Drew Barrymore. I know. She looks like a dollar store Drew Barrymore from the moment you first see her. Yeah. I was like, is that true? No. It There's would, no, no way. In 1994, absolutely not. Yeah. But anyway, it's very weird when you first see her. Yeah, the first time you see her, it is a little startling. Uh, so the two of them are now having that storyline happen. Uh, meanwhile, the crow goes to visit Ernie Hudson, the sheriff, in his home. Oh, I guess he's a beat detective. He's, he's a, a beat, beat cop, cop because he was busted down from dete- for detective for getting involved in that first uh, murder. He like got too involved in like looking into top dollar and stuff, and so some corrupt cop bust him down. Yeah, there's another detective that is his main. I guess, foil on the force. Yeah. But mostly he just revels in being an asshole to yeah. him. There's a whole cop storyline that feels like it was heavily cut down. Yeah. Because there's, there's also a like a, there's about like a, his wife on the force. Yeah. He's, that like, he's getting a divorce from. Yeah. It's, it's a bunch of, it's, it feels like there was supposed to be more stuff going on. Anyway, he's at his house in his underwear, but he still has his cop hat on because he's, I guess, also an amateur stripper for himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was just in the mirror like, ooh, hot cops here. Yeah. Which he literally, the only reason he's in his hat is to give uh, Draven one of those pithy crow lines. Hey, your hat's still on. Your hat's still, yeah. Because he asked him like, what are you doing here, man? Your hat's still on. Well, I guess I don't. I can't think of a real question. I, I can't follow up on my line of questions now because well, you're you right about because you're right about the hat. That's for sure. Uh, but he's in uh, like just a a wife beater, which means he had to have taken off the rest of his clothes, and in so doing, probably take off the hat and then put it back on. He didn't even wear a police hat when he was in his police outfit. So he went home, took off his outfit, and then put on his police hat, which he otherwise did not carry with him. Oh, you know he's just looking in the mirror like, yeah, looking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Albrecht, you still got it. You're supposed to be a beat cop. This is right. Uh, but yeah, they have a little heart-to-heart about what Eric is up to. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kill everybody who was involved in the killing of Shelly. So. Oh, and then he's like, by the way, don't smoke. It's bad for you. No, these things will kill you. You get it? Because I'm already dead. Yeah. <laughs> also, though, seriously, don't smoke. Look ways before crossing the street. <laughs> look, look several ways. I don't know how many. The big take from this scene, though, is Ernie Hudson's character sat with uh, Shelley the entire time she was in the hospital for like 30 hours. Mm, because he was trying to... Uh, he was hoping she... He was being nice, basically. I mean, he says it's because he wanted to get a lead off of her, but we're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, he's just a good guy and is actually concerned about the city and whatnot. Yeah, he's just a good cop. Um, so anyway, the crow, like, holds his hand and kind of absorbs that knowledge. Yeah, he absorbs the entire memory, and he's like, oh, no, 
Uh, and then I, I think my favorite line here was the part, the end of this whole sequence, which is when uh, he, Crow, the crow gets up to leave and Ernie Hudson's like, like, hey, you going to do that disappearing real fast trick? And he goes, no, I was thinking of using the front door. Okay. And then right. what? Because when you get outside, are you? we haven't seen you drive exactly, so I don't know if you're going to get outside and then just vanish and reappear somewhere else in Detroit. Yeah, because all you do is jump out a window and then cease to be there, so... Eh? Yeah, I mean, it's a weird line. I, it's, again, it's supposed to be him being pithy and sarcastic, kind of, but it doesn't add up when you see that how the crow gets around town, which is always by falling off a convenient building. Yeah. There's never a point where you see him starting up his old van that was still parked where it was when he died. <laughs> Full and of then Ant-Man comes out. Well, it's all full of band equipment because he used to drive. He used to have a band, so it's all full of shit. That's I'm wondering what's going on with Hangman's uh, Hangman's joke. Like, do you think they kept going without him? Do they? Did they find another probably lead guitarist? Yeah. Or did they have to break up at that point? I'm, Who knows? I'm, I'm confused. I want to know more about Hangman's joke. I think Hangman's joke ended because they became something new. Yeah, they had to not be that. Yeah, he had illegally he legally controlled the name, and they had to change the name to the Hangman's Joke Experience. Well, they had to change it to the the Killing Joke, and then they got sued by DC. And <laughs> they changed it to the Killing Joke, and then they changed it to the uh, the Killing or, or the Killing Moon, and it just didn't go well for anyone. <laughs> then they changed their name to the Killers, and they stayed that way to this day. Mm, moved to Las Vegas, became Mormons, I think. <laughs> Next up. Eric is going to go after T-Bird and Skank are driving together. They're going to go pull a job, and they don't know that uh, Fun Boy is dead. They think he's still just they do know having that, sex. They do know that Tintin's dead, Yeah, uh, and they are think, they're worried that someone's coming after them. But they're going to go pull a job, and they're going to get some road sodas, which weirdly in this movie they call road beers. <laughs> Weird, right? I mean, yes, they are. road soda is a term for a beer you drink on the road. Uh, but road beers is a much more blatant version of that. I was confused to hear it. <laughs> I, I've always heard the term road sodas. I don't know. Maybe that, that's weird. But so, so skank goes into a, a liquor store to pick up road sodas and jerky and what have you, uh, while T-Bird sits around outside and smokes in his car. And the crow shows up behind him and is like, my dude, you must drive. I am your passenger and you must drive this car, T-Bird. I don't get what this entire scene was for. Because he makes T-Bird drive around, go like 90 miles an hour through the town, get chased by cops, mm-hmm. fucking skank, gets into a van or some shit, and Tries drives to follow, after him. yeah. And, and, but it all comes to nothing, because skank, skank crashes into the cop car that's chasing them, uh, and then he pulls the car over somewhere, and... L- Turns on, or I guess the car was full of explosives because the job they were going to do involved explosives. Well, yeah, their whole thing is Devil's Night. They do a bunch of arson stuff. Yeah, so they're getting ready to do a bunch of arson stuff, and instead he's like giving him a big speech about how, oh, maybe you'll remember who I am. Oh or a man, year ago, blah blah blah. Oh, the the devil saw, stood in shame because he felt how bad good was. Yeah, he has, the he, has, line is. he has a line about how the devil uh, saw the the wicked wickedness of goodness or something, uh, and. and keeps and he realizes who he's dealing with he sees that this is a guy he killed a year ago and he's like oh my god it's you you can't be doing this the devil uh, people don't come back they don't come back but anyway but sometimes they do come back yeah uh in this case it, it turns out that the crow way over rigs this death this is way too much pyrotech for for one guy yeah he shoots this car like over a like little pier going into the water mm-hmm. and it 
explodes in like, midair into pieces. Yeah. It's just too much stuff. He's like, I'm going to put you in the car and turn the car on and send you flying off into a wall or something. Oh, never mind. It's off a pier. You're going to drown in a car. Whoop, never mind. I put a, I put a grenade on your crotch so you'll have hot spark crotch because the grenade, for some reason, shoots hot sparks. Hell um, yeah, it does. So you're going to have a hot spark crotch until you drown in a river. Whoop, never mind. I also filled the car with bombs. Yeah. So he kills the fuck out of t-bird yeah now at this point skank running scared goes running back to top dollar and is like they killed everyone but me man oh man shit on me brother (laughs) shit on me where's gideon he normally shits on me we have a deal we reciprocate yeah we we shit on each other friend uh and skank is afraid and tells them that like T-Bird got fused into the car or something from yeah, the explosion. Yeah, he's like, oh, he got fried to the car, man. He's compo- he's part of his car. Do you get it? Because his name was T-Bird. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, at this point, this raving, uh, recently in a car accident, obvious meth head lunatic that used to be one of your, your like gang dudes but no longer has a gang that he's a member of, and, and Top Dollar doesn't just go, huh, so he's killing you guys one by one? Well, I don't care about you in the slightest, so I'll just kill you and that'll solve my problem. And doesn't do that and continues to be weird because right after this, he's like, oh, it's time to have a meeting of all of the crime bosses in the city, I guess. I, yeah, well, or I'll, his underlings. I'll call a bunch of crime dudes up. He's like, yes, hello, crime dudes. It is time that we stop doing an arsons on Devil's Night because we're gonna it's do an boring even, now. We're going to do an even bigger arsons. I, at one point, one of his underlings slash other crime bosses is like but it's been so profitable like what the fuck are you talking about yeah they never explain how burning down a bunch of buildings every year makes a lot of money they do have a fun line for biling here where she just from the background just goes like i like the pretty colors and everyone's like oh great you brought Uh, her with you okay thank you but I mean, the acting on this for Top Dollar is great, because he's a villain who's just like, all I care about is being crazy and burning stuff down. Like, I don't actually care about money. He's like, greed is for amateurs, anarchy, chaos, that's where it's at. I'm going to burn the whole fucking city down. And you're like, okay, you're a villain. Yeah, he's like a Batman villain. What? That's great. Yeah, if he Everyone was a- else here shouldn't be following you because you're clearly a batman villain and everyone else here is like we're in this for money well i mean that's pretty much how batman villains operate though they always get a big gang of dudes who are in it for the money who are just sort of like what are you well i work for the two-faced guy so i gotta wear this two-side mask <laughs> that's what i do that's what, but I'm, I'm in it for the paycheck you know that's that's what it did i'm it's in a, it for this thug life it's it's just a job brother i don't take it home with me <laughs> well i do have to take the costume home with me i have to have it laundered and pressed yeah half i'm in of charge of my own i gotta i gotta launder and press the left half the right half of i gotta run over with my car every night yeah it's, it's, uh, a, it's a thing it's a th- you know you get used but, you to know it. the pension's real good you try finding construction jobs in gotham <laughs> You'd think they'd actually be very common because there's constantly buildings blowing up. Yeah, well, that was my doing. Yeah, yeah I'm well, trying to help out my construction buddies. <laughs> yeah, if Top Dollar was a Batman villain, which one would he be? Anarchy, maybe. Anarchy's I mean, usually played younger than this guy is. Basically, a less laughy Joker. Yeah, he's just much. like ah, I'm just crazy and I love killing things. Yeah. So also, he loves swords. He has a big wall of swords. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, Crow shows up at Crow the meeting. Yeah, and we get a 
very 90s fight scene of like you have loud music thumping and then he's doing like flips around a room while gunshots are firing in the dark and we gotta do the uh, the intro because he jumps up on the table and he just you know because uh they've still got skank there who's been given one of the best lines in the movie where they're like how do you feel skank like a little fucking worm on a big hook man throw someone shit on me please (laughs) Uh, but like uh i love that he shows up and he's like Yo, I just want that guy. I want that guy. And I I, I was really kind of hoping that, that... Top Dollar would just be like, all right, yeah, here, seems, fuck well, it. That seems very reasonable. You've killed three of the other guys. The entire unit that, that he was part of is gone. Sure, kill this guy and leave if that's all you want. Quit fucking up my business. But instead, he's like, well, you can't have him. Well, like, I should gravel that up. You can't have him. Well, you can't have him. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and then, you know, the crows pulls another Jesus pose. He's like, well... if. I've heard you say your rules. Now, Jesus Pose, I want to see you enforce them. And he gets shot, and he falls down, and then they can't find him. And he's under the table, and he starts beating the shit out of everyone. Yeah, he starts murdering everybody. He Weirdly- murders everybody in the room except for Byling, Tony Todd, and- Skank, and Top Dollar. All no, the he pe- kills Skank. Well, yeah, but not till the end. Yeah, but I'm saying, of the people in the room, he manages to kill everyone. Yeah except for those three i do like the part where skank tries to get out of being killed by just claiming that he's not skank he's like oh i'm not skank that's skank he's dead yeah he is Ugh, i forgot that it ends in a pithy line of course it They're, does every one of them is so bad uh but yeah he so skank gets thrown out a window and dies um yeah and now he's like oh well i guess I guess my time here is ogre, and he's... Yeah, he's going to go lie down and go to bed. Yeah, he so goes he, to the fucking cemetery, and he's like, Oh, Shelly, oh, I'm so oh, sorry. I, I loved you so much, Mur. And then Sarah's there waiting for him, and she's like, You were going to leave without saying goodbye. Well, you'll just have to forgive me for that. <laughs> they have a little heartfelt moment, but... You're out too late, and you don't have any reflective safety wear on. <laughs> uh... The big plan now, though, is they believe that killing the bird will stop him from being immortal. Well, yeah, that, that's because Byling knows that because she's magic. Yeah, because she's magic. Uh-huh. So the plan is to kidnap Sarah mm-hmm. to get him to show up at a church where Tony Todd will snipe a crow so that Top Dollar can kill this dude. <laughs> You'd think he'd just also kill the dude. I mean, he's got a sniper rifle out anyway. Just keep sniping. Yeah, but sniper keeps sniping. One of those people who's like, no, I want to kill him personally. That's true. Uh, anyway, this all works. They, uh, uh, Tony Todd kidnaps Sarah, uh, drags her to a church where they start menacing her eyes with knives. Uh, the crow shows up and is like, hey, let the girl go and I'll let you all walk out of here. Uh, and then the crow gets shot, but not killed. Like the the crow, crow, the crow yeah. that's a crow, the, not the crow the that's animal a guy. Crow. The animal that's a crow. Um, animal crow gets shot, yeah. isn't dead, but is injured, which means human crow gets shot and can get can, injured. Can get injured, but probably now. still can't die. He can get injured though. You can't. You can't die till the crow dies. So now we have a big fight in the chapel yeah uh tony todd stays out of it it's just a sword fight kind of thing yeah tony um, todd I, ends up getting taken out by ernie hudson who shows up mm-hmm. uh fucking top dollar and 
Eric end up having a sword fight where they're on the roof at one point and he pulls the fucking cross off of the top of the tower and uses it as yeah, a sword. It's like a cross weather vane that luckily when you pull it out of the uh, out of the chimney turns out to be actually be a big old two-handed sword. Yeah, it's like, "Oh, there was a spike putting it into the top of this building, so I'm going to use the back end of this as a sword." But before he gets to the roof, Bai Ling has managed to catch the crow. Uh, the crow, the animal crow, and she's like, "Well, now I'm going to kill this crow, and then you'll be dead. So that'll be that, that's useful." But then the crow pecks her eyes out. Oh, the delicious comeuppance and irony! Do you get it? She was all eye obsessed, and then justice found her in the eyes Ugh. of an angel. <laughs> uh, I don't actually see her die though i mean her eyes do get pecked out but then she just sort of falls well she falls down like a bell tower shaft or something she, so i mean i think she was only up like one story you could still survive that yeah anyway it's just that this crow really wanted to peck the light the heat it saw in her eyes yeah yeah in her eyes yeah and kill her in a church in her eyes <laughs> uh they, yeah they have a sword fight up on the roof it's very clear that top dollar is winning because he's already managed to shoot and stab the crow but then the crow goes by the way i have something for you i want you to have it i don't want it anymore and then he just grabs top dollar by the face and passes along all of his dead he's wife's like, pain Here, 30 hours of pain all at the same time for you all for you Bleh. And then uh, Top Dollar freaks out, falls off the roof, and gets impaled on the horns of a gargoyle. Do you get it? And uh, and then the gargoyle spout starts pouring yeah, his blood all over the place. Got, it's the gargoyle that's, that has water come out of it, but now it's blood. Yeah. Which wouldn't really work like that, because it's actually... There's, there's a drainage that goes into that mouth. It's not just from the top of the... Well, anyway. There's also top <laughs> drainage, John. It's a corner gargoyle, so there's there's top and side drainage that leads into oh, it. Oh, I got top drainage. It's fine. Everything's fine. This all makes perfect sense. There's a reason that gargoyle is spitting hot Kool-Aid. <sighs> so, yeah. Ernie Hudson gets... Shot, but he's fine. Shot in his fight with uh, fucking... His name is Grange, is Tony Todd, by the way. We've just been calling him Tony Todd, but it's Grange. Well, they don't really say Grange in the movie. They really so, don't. Yeah, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about that. They barely say top dollar. Yeah. So yeah, he gets taken away in an ambulance and the dick detective shows up and he's like, Yeah, you'll find your vigilante up there. He's impaled on a gargoyle. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, How is that gonna stick? You've just sort of said, Oh yeah, no, this uh this random dude who's definitely a crime boss killed off his underlings and himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, whoa, how's his dick doing right now then, Albrecht? Because I'm a dick detective. Dick detective at large. <laughs> I'm going to get out of the force and become a private dick detective. Only these public dick detectives. <laughs> I'm a private eye. Uh, okay, so anyway, yeah, that, that all happens, and Eric gets goes back to the grave again, and this time his ghost wife comes out and touches him on the forehead. She's yeah, like, ghost she's, wife shows up and is like, it's okay, you've done enough murders to deserve heaven now. Yeah, you get to go to heaven finally, because you did all the murders, and then he breathes, and his, it, you can see his breath because it's gotten cold all of a sudden, because she's been pretty fridged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, uh. this was, I think this happened before the term was coined. I forget when they killed... Some Green Lantern's, Green Lantern's wife. wife. Yeah. yeah, I forget when that when that turn was coined, but uh, I mean, I would I would argue about the terminology on this just because 
she was basically dead from the beginning. Oh, she was never alive, so she can't be, have been yeah, put in the fridge. it wasn't like she was killed in order to spur the hero on that we're seeing. Like, he had a crisis of I mean, what he to is do. literally avenging her death for the entire film. Oh, yeah, film. but it's basically like, if instead of her being fridged in, like, the first act of a story... Mm-hmm. It's like we, we cut do that see her first act and, out and just do the last two. We do see her raped and mutilated in flashback. I think I think a this, little bit. I think this counts as a regular old fridge. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not. I'm just saying there is some idea that you could argue against. There's no gray area, John, because it's all black. It's black, black and white. The crow is badass. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's. That's and, the crow. Uh, and that's the crow. That's and the... it ends, and we get one final narrative voiceover oh, about, about how, how love the... never dies. Yeah, oh, people can die. Uh, cities can burn, but true love, that's eternal. And I'm like, so those two skeletons in that graveyard are in love with each other? Great. Glad to hear it. Okay. Yep. I guess I don't have to worry about that then. You do not. But them two sets of skeleton bones are in love. Hey, man. This movie clearly has an afterlife. That's true. There's def- there's defo of heaven, and you have to murder your way to heaven. Yeah. It'd be great if she just led him right back down to hell with it. <laughs> I went to hell, too. Mm-hmm. We were terrible people. We weren't good people. I mean, we were super gentrifying a neighborhood that didn't need it. <laughs> I killed an old lady just before I died. Rent control. <laughs> I wanted her apartment. It was like $200 a month. Uh, anyway, let's go burn. <laughs> off to the lake of fire. <sighs> so that's the crow. That is the first of the crows. The first crow, the one that people have seen, and it is what spawned Crowmania for so many years for so many skinny goth guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then in the second movie, the person who dies is named Crowface Blackbird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, there you go. That was the crow. Uh, uh, we, we got you got some stuff. So, here. so let's let's do what we normally do. Oh, okay. Uh, let's do our best and worst. Okay, sure. Jeff, give me your best. Of the movie, um, I'm gonna say that my my best is gonna be an ironic thing because uh, an ironic thing because it gave me a lot of laughs and giggles. Actually, hang on, no, the Wait. best the best thing is the Nine Inch Nails song that plays when he's running around on a rooftop. Yep, it is. Yeah, that's I mean that fucking, is the best thing in the movie. Fucking great, that, that is a jam. They keep calling me. I love that song. I forget what album it's normally on, it, uh, but it's it's just a fucking killer song. Man. What album is that on? Because I can only think of two soundtracks that it's on. Right? Yeah, it shows up primarily in sound. It's like this and Lost Highway, I think. <sighs> I'm not going to say what album I think it's on, because I'll be wrong. Yeah, that's fine. But it's a fucking great song, so I was I was loving to hear that. I was going to say that, ironically, my favorite thing in this movie is the after-school G.I. Joe stuff that he keeps doing. Oh, how he's like, you need to straighten up and fly right. Anyway, I'm going to go murder this guy. Hey, the cemetery is the safest place to be at night, but remember when you're walking home, try to find a helpful and trustworthy adult, like a police officer or a mailman. <laughs> uh, Alright, that's fine. Yeah, I, I just kind of got a giggle out of that because I'd forgotten it was all in there. What about you? What was your favorite thing? Favorite thing in the movie for me? For me? For me? No, 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 no. Let's not fall into cheap, cheap nerd stereotypes, John. No, I started it, but let's not. <laughs> I, 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 let's 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 agree to a detente. Let's agree to yeah. disagree about a detente. Oh, okay. So you're gonna keep singing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? Fair enough. <sighs> I'm gonna say probably my favorite thing in this, oddly enough, 
is going to be by Ling getting her eyes pecked out. Yeah, it was great. Because I was like, wow, you guys really did it. Yeah, she was standing there with the bird. She's like, and I guess I win because I have bird and knife. And the bird's like, peck, peck, peck. And she doesn't like, you know, pull the bird away from her face. It's just a crow. Just just move your arm that's holding its feet away <laughs> from your face. Just, it weighs three pounds max. Maximum poundage. But, you know, it's a magic crow. So what do I know? I don't know the, the average wing strength of, of magic crows. Huh. I guess. Oh, I just looked up uh dead souls which is that song yeah and it is only on the crow soundtrack the definitive nine inch nails the singles and downward spiral japanese edition oh so if you got the japanese import of downward spiral you got to have dead souls on it too which man that's just gonna make that album even better i know that album already whips ass it's it's easily the second best nine inch nails album yeah I think there's only like one or two songs on there that I'm not like 100% on board with. Yeah, as opposed to the best Nine Inch Nails album, which is unimpeachable start to finish. Yeah. Every song on it is an instant classic. Of course. And it's one of the very few things in the world on which we automatically agree. Yeah. But uh, we're pretty much against the world on this one. Yeah. Pretty, pretty Us hate machine. versus the world. Pretty Hate Machine is the best Nine Inch Nails album. Just put it out there. Fight me. <laughs> Actually fight me IRL. Yeah. So, so the it. worst thing in the movie, Jeff, for you? Uh, I'm just going to say the confusing villain motivations. Like, I'm not sure what I mean, he's doing. I don't even know if that's the worst thing for me, just because I love how confused it all is. I, I love Michael Wincott. He's a great performance in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he, it's he, He's an awesome, scary-looking, weird, romanticized villain, but I'm not sure what he's doing. I just don't... I just, it doesn't add up to anything he's got too many things going on at the same time yeah there's just there's just too much going on like he kind of makes sense as like a mid-level devil may cry villain yeah man i love that guy (laughs) oh i'm a huge fan of michael wincott in general yeah dude's rad but uh anyway okay so if not that then just the sheer number of you know sweaty dirt bags that make up the majority of the film sure I'm just like, come on, let's vary this up a little bit. All right. You got to kill three toothless, sweaty dirt bags, and then you can finally go back to hell where you belong. Great. No, I have let's, to kill four. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but the the, the tin tin doesn't appear, doesn't appear especially sweaty. It might just be that it's raining out. It might be. It's yeah. constantly raining, but it can't rain all the time. <sighs> That's you, a reference to the movie. Do you get it? What about you, John? What's your least favorite thing? Uh, the worst thing in this movie is almost certainly the shitty one-liners yeah they're pretty bad the pithy quote thing never lands no i'm sure they did in 1994 like a 14 year old me was probably like fuck yeah yeah you tell that guy right before you kill him get some i don't know that it did because it's just there's nothing they don't make sense it's like he had to ad-lib these and didn't know what to say yeah i know it's I'm having only watched this and Laser Mission for my full extent of Brand- uh, of uh, Brandon Lee movies. Mm-hmm. I-, I feel like it's really mean of me to say it, but he just doesn't seem like he was a very good actor. <laughs> Maybe he was going to get way better. I mean, you never know. He could have. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So the-, the pithy one-liners just fall flat every time. Every single time. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Let's give this a rating. So we're going to give it a rating from zero to five. Each of us gives it 
the rating out of 10 for the movie, Jeff. Ah, I don't know. I feel like any points I give this thing is going to be largely out of historical significance. Which is fine. I'm almost certainly going to give this extra points for nostalgia and significance. Uh, yeah, so I'll go ahead and throw uh, a, a three. All right. Uh, that feels about right to me. I mean, I'm not going to seek this thing out and watch it again anytime soon. But yeah, when you watch it, you're like, oh, my God, 1994, this started the wave of the late 90s. Oh, we can do comic book movies as long as they're, you know, not as long as they're like gritty, down to earth, real guys who murder real guys who murder, murder their way through hobos, <laughs> murdering their way through. hobos. I mean, because, yeah, in the Blade movies, he beat up a lot of hobo looking vampires. Well, yeah. And, I mean, this really paved the way for the Spawn movie. Yeah, the Spawn movie is another great example of like, that. What can we do? Well, we can get a gritty murder comic with a rad soundtrack. And let, let me remind you what uh, what Sabretooth looked like in the first X-Men movie. <laughs> Tyler a Le- professional wrestler. He was a, Well, he was Tyler Labine professional wrestler, yes. But he was dressed in, like, a shitty ruffled long coat and, like, had his clothes all ruffled or, or, or nasty and so on. It, they were maintaining this thing that the villains in, in comic book movies for about an eight-year span there were mostly hobos. Mostly just dirtbags, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give the movie... I'm going to give it a 3.5. It's going to get the extra .5 just for the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't... If I was rating it for what it actually is, it would probably go down to a 3 or a 2.5. It's not very great. No. But I'm going to give it a 3.5 for how influential it was. It's super influential. I mean, it. I'm sure someone's working on a Crow movie right now. Like, yeah. literally right now. There's probably someone working I'm on sure one. I'm sure someone in Hollywood is like, I've got a Crow reboot for you. It's time for the Crow. It's time to bring back the Crow. You remember the Crow? We're making the Crow. How many Halloween costumes do you want to sell? Is it all of them? We're making the Crow again. And this time he fights the Joker. <laughs> are you are your Joker costumes not selling well? Here's the Crow. He fights the Joker double cost the two of them get merged in a fly teleporter now they're the croaker <laughs> now they're joe <laughs> the joe the joe then he then in the sequel he he has to fight a volcano <laughs> the joe versus the volcano you're gonna also, sell the volcano was the name of some dirt bag you're gonna sell a million <laughs> volcano costumes anyway that's a six and a half out of ten for the crow something you could probably watch and not hate yourself for watching sure thank you so much for joining us on this travel back in time to the halcyon goth days of 1994 man i remember actually going to goth clubs back before they all closed down in san diego man i never went to a goth club until after i had goth friends Mm -hmm. like i no longer had goth friends and then i went to a goth club and i'm like what am i doing here oh i went with goth friends to a goth club and i got in trouble at the goth club right away for for uh i i I guess you'd say clocking a guy for wearing a target brand halloween wizard costume as his goth outfit (laughs) i was like look at that guy he's wearing like a zoltan the wizard outfit he was like hey fuck you buddy and i was like oh i'm sorry I'm sorry. Normally, goths are so friendly. I mean, I, I, this is this is on me. I shouldn't have done that. It was a social faux pas, Zoltan. Uh, yeah, no. I, well, I think I went with a friend, but she was more like a scene kid than a goth. Mm, so, yeah, that's eh. not. You don't want that. Anyway, I did. This is my favorite goth club story, and I'll, I'll be done after that. This is a little anecdote for the listeners. We went to a a club I did not know was a goth club once, uh, and it was '80s night. Uh, and I was maybe 22, mm. uh, and 
I did not know it was a goth club, and I heard it was 80s night, so I dressed as Crockett from Miami Vice. Wow. So I had, like, the white jacket and, like, a skinny pink tie over, like, a white silk shirt, and I was just a blue silk shirt and, and white pants. And uh, and I, when I got in, I was like, everyone's 80s goth, you know? They were kind of all yeah. dressed like John Hughes side characters. Um, and I was just like, what's up, everyone? I teased my hair out for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. I got pulled on stage for the costume contest just to be informed how badly I lost. <laughs> That is excellent. You have you, very misread the room, sir. <laughs> sir. <laughs> Quick, come, uh, someone cue up the goth version of Axel F for this guy. <laughs> do, uh, do, 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 Bella Lugosi's dead. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back in another couple of weeks with more Movie Mastery. If you like what you listen to, please... Go to our Patreon page, System Mastery on Patreon.com. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere else is System Mastery. If you just Google System Mastery, you'll find all of our nonsense. Mm-hmm. We've got a ton of shows. We do a ton of work, and we'd like to get paid for it. That's apparently <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Very uh, blunt, sir. Yeah, fuck it. Give me your money. Thank you so much. If you don't give me money, I'm going to start setting fires, and then that's how fires get me money. Yeah, specifically in Detroit, I guess. I Ma- guess. Maybe, probably. I don't, uh, know. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for joining us. We'll be back. You have a good one. Bye. Ling. <laughs>